I know who I am in Christ. I know he has given so much to me and he has assured me of many things. I am chosen, holy, and dearly loved. I have the mind of Christ and I am assured to find rest in him. Being in Christ also gives me purpose for living. Romans 8.29 identifies my purpose of being conformed to his image. It says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. One of the first encouraging verses of Scripture I ever learned was Romans 8.28. It's a well-known verse because it gives hope as we walk through life, facing many challenges that just come with living in this broken world. In fact, you should know this verse already because we memorized it in week four of our assurances section of this project. Remember, it says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. As we memorized Romans 8.28, I encouraged you to take all those things on your list of life struggles, disappointments, perplexities, and more, and entrust them to the Lord who can work all those things out for good. Doing so brings great hope and peace. Yes, Romans 8.28 is a much-loved and well-known verse because it brings so much ministry to the soul. It gives us great assurance. But as we keep reading, we find that not only does verse 28 bring such great ministry, our verse this week, verse 29, which follows, reveals great purpose and even more understanding of the promise of Romans 8.28 as well. So I want to spend our devotion time this week looking at both of those things because really the assurance and the purpose found within them go together. Understanding that, as we get started, let's review them together. Romans 8, 28 and 29 say, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let's begin by talking about the purpose. God's purpose revealed in verse 29 is very clear. We are to become conformed to the image of his son. The Greek word for become conformed is somorphos, and it means to have a similar form as another. Do you hear the word morph in this word somorphos? That's a familiar term to us, morph, and it means a transformation that makes one thing look like another. I think it's important to note that Christ himself is recorded in Scripture as being the exact representation of God. Hebrews 1.3 tells us that. Now, no matter how much transformation takes place in us, we will not be the exact representation of God. But our verse is clear that God has purposed for us to become conformed to the image of Christ. So how does that take place? How does our life look like the life of Christ? How do we become conformed to the image of his son? How do we live out this high purpose during our days on this earth? Because let's face it, most of us live lives that bear our own image. I really believe becoming conformed to the image of his son involves two things. And this belief comes from God's word and what I have seen and experienced in my own life and the lives of other believers around me. 
See, first, I believe becoming conformed to the image of his son comes from becoming a serious student of who his son really is. Now, that sounds kind of academic, becoming a serious student, but it's really way beyond academic. It really is a getting to know Christ in a deep way through personal experience. See, anyone who has a deep and meaningful relationship with another person has over time learned a great deal about that person. They've been a student of that person. I have personally been married 25 years. I know so much more about my husband than I did when I married him and he about me. That has been because we've walked the last 25 years of our lives together. We've experienced them together. Have you ever even noticed that sometimes couples who've been married for a long time even begin to look like one another? Over time, as they spend lots and lots of moments together, they transform into something that identifies them both. In Christ, we are purposed to become like Him. And if we're going to do that, we have to know what He's like. And we can't just learn facts about Him from a distance. We have to actually be with Him him and learn of him by up close and personal experience. Think of it like this. I heard a story recently of a man and his wife who adopted many children. And one of them was a little boy from Africa whom they adopted when he was just about five years old. Well, several weeks after he became a part of their family, they all sat down to dinner one night and one of the dishes on the table was a spinach salad. So they passed it around and when it came to him, he refused to take any. Wanting him to also enjoy the foods they liked as a family, they gently encouraged him to put some of it on his plate. But still, he refused. So they pressed a little bit harder. But he was so determined that he was not going to eat the salad that he got up and he ran away from the table. Well, the father sat there totally astounded because he realized what his own mother had told him all his life was not true at all. See, he had grown up sitting at the table with her prodding him to eat food and telling him all the starving little children in Africa would be happy to eat this good food. Now that he had had personal experience with a little African child, he found out that wasn't true at all. What is the point? The point is we can be told many things about Christ, but until we walk through life with Christ and study him, his ways, his heart, his mind, his responses, we won't really know him. We'll just be listening to other people tell us things about him. And they may be true, and they may not be. And you know what? Even if they are true, it will just be a mind knowledge of Jesus. And that mind knowledge without experience really doesn't contribute to the being conformed to the image of his son transformation because it all stays in our minds and never makes it to our heart. Here's the thing, when we really spend time with Christ and look at him and study him personally, we'll want to be like him. Our hearts will get involved. And that brings us to the next thought about my belief about being conformed to the image of his son. We must understand that this process doesn't just happen to us without our getting involved in it. It truly is all about a choice. We can be believers, but not be involved in the process of being conformed. And it's our choice. Each and every day, we have choices to make. To yield to our own ways and keep doing life in our image, or to yield to His ways and choose instead to do life like the Son would do it, like Christ would do it. When we have personally experienced Christ 
our hearts see how much better his ways are and our hearts begin to long for his ways to become a part of us and then we're more likely to yield. I like to think of each and every time I make the choice to yield and to live in the truth of Christ's ways as a movement of his spirit changing me like a potter would be fashioning clay. And choice after choice to follow in his ways means more and more fashioning of me to be conformed to his image instead of my own. But see, if our heart is not involved and we do not delight in his ways, we will not likely make these choices to do life in his way. And so we will pretty much just stay the same. We'll be believers still bearing our own image instead of the image of Christ. And we'll miss our purpose. All of that takes us back to verse 28 and that great assurance that God causes all things to work together for good. But we must not miss the end of verse 28. Let's read the whole thing again. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It sounds like this promise is all about God working things out for our good when we love God and our lives are actually about His purpose. And because verse 29 zooms in on the purpose of being conformed to the image of His Son, this promise must be connected specifically to that purpose. Here's the point. So often I think we miss God's working of all things together for our good because we haven't embraced the purpose of being conformed to the image of his son. God is working in our lives with that purpose in mind. But so often we don't see his work because we're looking for him to work things out in ways that have nothing to do with being conformed to the image of his son. I think if we want to see God working in this way, we have to be about this purpose and what a great purpose it is. So who are you and what are you doing here? You are called to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ as you live and move through your days on this earth. How is that for a life of purpose?